You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast for the independent mind and anyone who embraces life despite its absurdities. Join former attorney and professor turned Japanese papermaker Mark Reed each week as he talks with creative, inspiring, and influential people, or as he shares his own research to help make your world a little better today than it was yesterday. Hey, here we are. You know, uh, every time I do an introduction to an episode, I usually convey my my personal sense of excitement and enthusiasm about the guest or guests. And, uh, and I'm sincere when I do that. I'm always eager to speak with whomever I've asked to be on the show. This episode, I, it's safe to say, is the pinnacle of Zen Sandwich thus far. Uh, I am welcoming back not just one, but two of my favorite artists two of last year's most popular episodes together for one conversation. This is a momentous occasion for the listener who might not be familiar, though I suspect many of you will be. Uh, Homer Duke is a prolific artist. Uh, both guests actually are very prolific. They're, they churn out work uh, on the daily and uh, both are very much in demand. Homer has done paintings for John Stewart. Uh, he's working on the campaign poster for Stacey Abrams. Uh, he's been painting all his life. He's a social media influencer as well with thousands of fans across multiple platforms. Trust me, if Homer posts something, it gets attention in a hurry. And Radical Rhymes is my other guest joining me from the UK. He's a, a poet, a writer, an artist. He had a career in academia, uh, published academic works, but left that to pursue his current passion and career. Rad has quite the social media influence as well at nearly 100,000 Twitter followers alone. Um, but I dare say he is a bit more enigmatic when it comes to his public persona than Homer. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, <laughs> I think it's critical to point out, as I did last time with each, that these are real artists. That is that Homer and Rad make their living with their art. Lots of people dabble, uh, but these are career professionals and they are extraordinary. If you don't know their work yet, I highly recommend you check them both out. Lots of people can draw a decent picture of a person, but few have mastered the use of dynamic colors and brushstrokes and shading and depth and true emotion in art, the way that these two capture it in the portraits they paint. If you'd like to know more about their backstories, I recommend you listen to the previous episodes we did last year. We covered a lot of their biographies then. I don't want to waste time rehashing that stuff this time. Instead, I'd like to go forward and talk about the creative process what it's like being the pu in the public eye all the time. I know for Rad, that's kind of a double-edged sword. So with that, Homer joins me on location from a Krispy Kreme in Evansville, Indiana, and Rad from Wales in the UK. Welcome, fellas. Thank you. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <it looks> cold. <laughs> for those listening, yeah, Homer had to go sit outside the Krispy Kreme because it was too noisy inside. Uh, so he's a real trooper for doing this. Um, Together at last, you guys have known each other and been friends, but this is the first time you've like literally actually spoken to each other other than like DMs through Twitter or something, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Rad. <laughs> Hello, mate. How are you doing? <laughs> doing great, brother. Good. I'm a bit warmer than you, pal. So, you know. <laughs> That's but I've no donuts. So there's always a downside to everything. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you know about Krispy Kreme in, in the UK? Yeah, yeah, we do. We, we have them, yeah. I don't, oh, really? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they tend to be in little boxes in 
service stations and um you know supermarkets so they're kind of this strange little freezer places and yeah but yeah yeah we do have them definitely I grew up with it. Like I'm from the South in uh, the United States and Krispy Kreme originated in that area. It's now worldwide, but you know, we, right. the Southerners sort of feel like, Hey, that's our, those are our donuts. Um, <laughs> oh, I get that. See, uh, Cornish pasties the same, you see. Ah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's, uh, I'm sure people didn't tune in to hear us talk about donuts. Let's dive right in. Oh, <laughs> uh, for each of you describe what the creative process is like. And let me set it up this way. Homer, your use of colors, like I, I've noticed the blues before that you use. Uh, I remember there was a painting that I saw that you did of a, of a black dog. It may have been a black lab. And there were these streaks of blue. It was so beautiful. And it just popped in the painting. How do you see that beforehand? Do, do you see that beforehand? Is the creative process sort of ongoing while you paint? Or do you, do you picture the final product the moment you put brush to canvas? Well, painting a uh, light reflection on uh, a black dog's coat, it's a, uh, it's a learned technique. Uh, so wherever the light is reflecting on, on the dog's coat, because black is so difficult to translate to art, uh, I use blue brush strokes to, 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 to give the, the viewer where the light is hitting the animal. Okay. So blue, blue is blue is great against black in a painting when you're painting when you're painting people's pets. Well, when you okay, when you start out, if you're going to paint someone's pet or you're going to paint a portrait, we talked about last time you were on that. Uh, you, you know, you're not doing a, a realism painting. You're not like trying to replicate a photograph. You you put your own artistic twist or vibe into the painting. Do you see that in advance, or do you see it as you go? I see it right when I'm standing in front of the blank canvas. Really? It, yeah, it comes to me. It's it's a natural thing for me. As soon as I as soon as I'm standing in front of the blank canvas, and I've got the picture in my hand, it's a feeling. It's a vibe. It's knowing the person who hired me to paint. It's hmm. uh, sometimes the personality of, of say a dog. You know, hmm. these uh these these images that people send me to paint for them, it's special to them. And I know it's special to me. So it's just a feeling and it just comes to me naturally. Well, that's how I was going to ask Rad about, because uh, he, he and I have talked before Rad, you, you said something along these lines that you have to feel it before you're ready to paint it. And I think, yeah, you like Rad, you had a, I know at one point a kind of like intensely or immensely sentimental portrait of like a loved one that had passed and you weren't even able to kind of touch it for, of some time until you were just emotionally or mentally ready. Is that, um, yeah. Can you, yeah. Can you describe that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's a strange process, I think, because sometimes I get a sense of what I want to do at the beginning, although not very often, but, but, but frequently paintings paint themselves. So, I mean, I'll give you an example. I may have told you this before, but I had a, I, I put a competition up a while ago. Um, I just basically get people to guess numbers and then if they get the right or close to the number, they win, you know, a, a portrait. And this lady sent me a picture of a, of a daughter and it took me a while. This was another one. It took me a little while to get around to it because you, you, it is an emotional experience. Mm. And, um, so anyway, I, I, I did this portrait and it, it was a pop art 
thing. And I was a bit nervous to send it to her, actually. You know, I thought, well, this is an acquired taste. A lot of people don't like pop art. And I didn't know why I'd done it like that. And I, so I posted a picture and I sent it to her. And she said, oh, Andy Warhol's my favourite artist. <laughs> I was like, well, that's strange, because I've never, I've never produced something like that before. Um, so I think there's something, sounds a bit like mystical, doesn't it? I don't mean it to be, but that <laughs> well, was it a is. experience, you know? To, to those of us who, I can't draw stick figures, you know, so I'm in awe of the work that both of you put out. So it is kind of mystical to me. Um, Homer, how, you know, how do you get emotionally ready to paint? What, what happens when you, you know, I know you paint every day, but what happens when you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and you're not feeling it? Oh, that's the best time to paint. Oh yeah. Even I, yeah. Even if, even if, uh, I, I'm not going to work on, something serious i have to paint every day just to feel alive you know some i do a lot of line art and doing those line art pieces they sell immediately as soon as i, I paint them but i do those line art to clear my head it's a way of, of meditating in a sense before i start doing serious work hmm. it's something playful i could do just just to get my head in the right space Rad, is it is it therapeutic for you as well? Yeah, it's I don't know. It's more of a compulsion, I think. I don't. It's not therapy or meditation. It's it's. Uh, it's a it's a bit of a hangover from my academic life because mm. I, I tended to have a problem with with um, administrative work and doing things that weren't creative. So I, I tended to write every day. I had a paper to write or a book to write, and it's a bit like this too, in mm. the sense that I feel the need to be productive. Um, I, I fight that a little bit more and there are, there are times when I can't paint certain things. I mean, I've got two really difficult commissions at the moment for me. Um, one's an, an emotional one because it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, a, a lost loved one. Uh, and the other one is a landscape and I don't like painting landscapes at all. Um, so right. I'm having to sort of dip in, do a bit, then do something else. Today, should I give you an example of today? Sure. So I started on the, the emotional one, did about half an hour on that, made some progress. I did, I painted the background of a portrait of Beethoven that somebody wants. Uh, <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've painted a picture of Harold Larwood, the cricketer that I really love, because mm. I think sometimes for me, I have to, if I'm doing lots of things that I wouldn't choose to paint, then I have to in the breaks where I'm not painting that, I have to paint something that I, I feel really strongly about. So I've done a bit of that and, and I've started a, a small picture of a, of a hair mm. um, that somebody wanted. So it's a bit, I, I, I'm a bit, um, I don't just go to one painting and paint it. So I'm probably working on four or five things at, at a go. Homer, do you, that's, that's, do you work on the multiples at one time or do you finish one and then do the next? No, I've got 12 going on at the moment. Yeah, I, I, I'm i so busy. I have to. And some of these things are technically challenging. So I'll work on something else until I decide how I'm going to approach something that's difficult. So, yeah, I've, I've always got multiple things going at the same time. Interesting. Well, Rad, you, you often, when you um, put something you're working on on social media so that we can look at it, um, which, by the way, is great that both of you, we'll, we'll put out stuff kind of in progress. It's, I think 
it's very interesting for us to see something that's, you know, developing instead of just seeing the final product. It's, it's pretty cool to see it as it's being produced. But Rad, you'll sometimes uh, put, I guess, poetry that you've written along with it. Do you write the poetry to accompany the painting or those things that you do separately and you've just matched them up somehow? It varies. So sometimes it is a painting that I've got that I want to write about. Sometimes it's a poem. Like I've I've got a, a really good friend. Um, so I wrote a poem this morning, and they're going through the beginnings of a bereavement process, mm. and I just didn't have any words to say that would make any that would make any sense. So I wrote them a poem. It's the one I posted today, actually. Um, about words in effect and and then I was looking for something to go with because I, I asked her permission if I could if I could post the the poem because I thought maybe other people it might reach other people as well mm. so and then it was a process of finding an image that I thought went with it and then I I, I found the Kurt Cobain portrait that I'd done a, a, a long time ago and um, it just I don't know it just fit so sometimes it's like that sometimes I write sometimes I paint sometimes um sometimes it all comes together it it just it's it sort of varies really it depends yeah who would you say that your your style you mentioned Andy Warhol before and although you were saying that you'd never really done anything like that before while Homer I think you actually sort of try to emulate uh Andy I mean you've got your own style but you you're would you say that you're closest to Andy Warhol and uh or, or who else would you say that your style is similar to and same question for you rad but homer are you who, who are you most like or who's your biggest influence yeah warhol's definitely my idol i love his use of color i love that that he thought outside the box and didn't care about critics opinions yeah. you know and he was successful for us yeah i love that warhol said some, something like um don't worry about whether it's art, just keep making it and let others worry about it. Something like that. And right. I think that that's, that's pretty powerful actually, because we do, we spend an awful lot of our time worrying about what other people think. I, I, I don't really have a style as such. I don't think I, I, I would say that I'm influenced by people like Van Gogh and, mm. um, which I, you know, when I was young, I hated, I hated Van Gogh. <laughs> I thought it was rubbish to be honest. You know, I looked at expressionist painting and I just thought it was an excuse to be, you know, flamboyant and not precise. And, you know, and I realized that when I was a kid and I was drawing, I was trying to replicate absolutely what I saw mm. so that I couldn't be criticized by anyone. I was hiding, you know, for yeah. me, hyperrealism, for me, not for everybody else. I love hyperrealism, but for me, hyperrealism and that kind of realism is a way of concealing myself. Mm. Um, well, how, how have how have both of you like Homer, how, how have you seen your style evolve? Uh, my, my earlier stuff, I, you can totally look at it and see, I was trying to be too pretentious, uh, <laughs> too serious of a painter. I, I was painting farm eggs and baskets. What the hell was I thinking? But uh, yeah, I think my brush strokes are, are becoming more looser. I think uh, I'm expressing myself with color more. I, and I definitely see myself moving in that direction in the future. I think uh, my goal now is is painting a beautiful painting with as few brush strokes as possible. That's my new challenge. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Do, do you mean just like keeping one continuous stroke as long as possible on the painting? No, no, no. I'm saying create a masterpiece with three strokes of paint. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. No, no. It's a challenge that I've done myself because I, I've, I've put so much work into so many uh, paintings that, that they, when you see them in person, in my opinion, I think sometimes they can look overly painted. And so mm. I want to do fewer, fewer brush strokes, larger yeah. brush strokes. It's, yeah. it's, let, it's, you, let the actual let the actual brush strokes speak for themselves, right? Carefully yeah. placed brush strokes. It's interesting. I, I can hardly compare doing a podcast to you know creating a, a masterful work of art. However, I can I at least get what you're saying because when I started this project, you know, more than a year ago, when I would do my editing, I, I just like you were talking about over painting. I, I like over edited you know i just i took out every um and every you know and even like when i take in air you know before i speak i was going through and editing all that stuff and then when you listen to it i thought i was making it better but in truth i was sort of making it unnatural because you know it almost sounded better when i just left a lot of that stuff in and didn't you know didn't nitpick so much but I think I think you're underplaying yourself there. It is an art form to do that stuff. So yeah, I think we'll, well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, Duke, love your stuff. Yes, I say that. I love your stuff too. Yeah, thank yeah, you. I I adore your work, Brad. I, I hope that I hope that painting arrives soon. I, I'm kind of worried. <laughs> I'm super team. excited about it. <laughs> oh, geez. So, anyway, so yeah. yeah, so the, well, so the listener knows what you're referring to. And I, I happen to know because Homer told me about it. So you guys are actually exchanging art that you've done for each other. Right. And this is, so, this yeah. is a thing that, that artists throughout history have done for each other. Well, Smiles suggested it to me a while ago and I'm, I'm going to do that too. Um, but I just, I, I thought, you know, this is a really good opportunity. So we, we just, you know, I suggested it to Duke. I just thought it was a good idea. And I haven't forgotten your stuff, Mark, either. <laughs> no, no, I've no. Got your paper. I'm going to get to it. <laughs> no worries. But, uh, yeah. I meant it when I said I don't have a, you know, a, an expectation. Of, no, know, I know, that. I know. I understand that. But I do. So I'm just saying, you know, okay. it's not, it's not shelved. It's, uh, no worries, it's man. Live, yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's, I do want to get, there's some other questions I want to get in while we still have some time. Uh, how do you both feel about the necessity of being somewhat of a public figure? I mean, you, as an artist, you have to put yourself out there. You don't really have a choice, right? Um, yeah. Rad, you and I had previously talked about struggles you'd had with depression and bipolarism. You know, do you wish that sometimes you could just paint and let someone else do the promotion side of things? I'm crap at promoting. I just am not good at that. I, I, I feel, I don't know. I'm just, I think it's because I struggle with my own identity anyway and sort of throwing myself out there just feels unnatural to me. So I, I really struggle with that. I'm, I'm not good. And, you know, I, and this is an issue with identity anyway. You only, you know, you, sometimes I, I wear the, the identity of a painter or an artist or a poet really heavily. Like I just don't think I deserve those, those appellations at all, frankly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's difficult for me. I, I think you're selling yourself short in terms of marketing because, you know, you do put out your work and it 
you know, like I mentioned at the beginning, you do have a hundred thousand people on Twitter that just hinge on every, you know, they're, they're, uh, they can't wait for everything you put out. Um, Homer, your situation is a little different because, you know, you're sort of, uh, unapologetically Homer, your life is out there and, uh, yeah. you know, and your love life is out there. You know, if you're selling your house, it's out there. Your affinity for Krispy Kreme donuts is out there. Um, do you, do you find the problem or is there a problem with that? Or do you find like that some people that you don't really know feel like they know you so because your life is kind of exposed that way. So then they're giving you advice on love life matters or whatever you're doing. And, you know, is that problematic? Well, I'm an, I'm an extrovert. Uh, I learned a long time ago that uh, self-promotion is part of my job if I want to be successful. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I started educating myself on, on how to self-promote. And uh, I'm doing pretty good at it. And it, it's, it's, not, it's not natural, but I, I force myself to do it. And I have fun with it. Uh, there, there are risks to being uh, someone so out there. You know, I, I get people sending me weird stuff in the mail. Uh, you know, soiled underwear. Oh my god! Uh, marriage proposals. Some guy, some guy started texting me saying he wanted to get married, and he, he found me on Twitter. Yeah, that's a little. Was telling, yeah, texting me saying that that he was in love with me. And that stuff's a scare. But you still have to be uh, out in the public. You're, you are obtainable, uh, but you shouldn't. Not everyone who has access to you should be reaching out to you. you know, just because somebody has access to you and they send you a DM, I don't feel like I have to answer every DM. Yeah, that's good. Um, do you ever feel, do either of you ever feel like overextended? Um, and again, I'm not trying to relate the podcast to creating artwork or whatever, but when I started, I thought this was going to be as simple as like, let me just hit record and have a conversation. But, you know, then I learned about the marketing then I learned about the editing. Then I, you know, I got to develop a website. I got to, I got to do Plus I have my real life. In addition to this, I, uh, I've, I make Japanese paper with my wife. You know, do you feel like from the marketing and the online presence that you have to do with Twitter or, or uh, any social media platform and the work itself, the art and the commissions you have coming in. Do you ever feel just like overextended and you just want to, okay, I got to stop this for a minute. Well, uh, I don't feel overextended, uh, but I, it is a job, the marketing, the, uh, the online activity. It's, it's all a job. It's a lifestyle. You know, it all, it all, it's a marriage of all those things, the online activity, the marketing, uh, the selling of the art, the shipping of the art, the framing of the art, uh, the promoting of it all. It's all one big package. It's a lifestyle for me. Uh, I can't wait to post something that I finish, or sometimes I keep it to myself. There are a lot of stuff I don't post because if I do, it blows up. If it's really, really good, it blows up. And then it becomes overwhelming when you have uh, 2,000 people you have to respond to. Yeah. You know? And it takes, time, it takes time to respond to everyone and thank them for their compliments and show them that you appreciate uh, their kind words. You know? Yeah. What about you, Ra? Do I feel overextended? Yeah. Um, sometimes. 
yeah, sometimes I do. So I mean, it, for me, it, you know, I've, I've got to manage it around around the moods. So, mm. you know, there are times when I just don't feel. I mean, it's interesting you say about promotion. I, I put the stuff up. I don't know why I do that, really. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's because I want to share the art. You know, I, if I do stuff, I want to. I want people to see it. Yeah. Um, well, I think people want to see it. But do you ever? Yeah. Do you ever take a do break feel, from? Do you ever take a break from social media? Uh, yeah, I have done. I have done. I mean, not 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 over massively extended periods of time, but I have done. You know, I've taken a week here or two weeks there when I've just felt. Well, I, t- I tell you what happens sometimes. It's uh, when I get to the point where I'm painting to show it. Mm-hmm. That's when I take a break, mostly. Right. Because yeah. don't think I should be painting just to show it. You know, I, yeah. I mean, obviously you've got commissions, you've got to paint those. But like, if I feel something, like I painted a picture of Neil Young recently. Um, I saw it. Yeah, and I, that took about 20 minutes because it was just a case of I've got to paint that, you know. I really oh, wow. felt that, I really felt that. So, you know, that that was a case. But sometimes if I'm sitting there thinking, right, I'm just painting this to put on social media, that I then I think I, I need a break. Mm, Cause you're doing it, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Ah, I got you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you both know that in each episode, I, I try to do a, a five minute Zen, uh, segment here at the end just to give people something to think about, but I tailored the question. You know, we don't have to actually talk about Zen stuff. We can uh, talk about art or whatever, but, uh, I tailor the question for whoever I'm speaking with. So I would like for each of you in your own way to talk to the inner artist in all of us, the rest of us. We can't all paint like Homer Duke or Radical Rhymes, but what does creating art do for you personally, the process? I mean, does it help you achieve a relaxed state of mind? I mean, we talked before if it was therapeutic or, you know, if you, you, you feel the need to do it. Um, but the question really is, should we, uh, us amateurs, create, paint, write, make podcasts? <laughs> and more importantly, why? Why should we create? There's something that happens to us when when uh, we create. There, the 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 gratification that you get from a finished product, something that you created with your own hands, it's there's no greater feeling than that. It's the the sense of of reward that you're giving yourself after finishing something that you started that you created with your own hands. I just I can't articulate. It's a wonderful feeling. So I, I do encourage it. I, I tell everyone if it's a coloring book, if it's, I don't know, if it's weaving baskets, find something and be passionate about it mm. and, and give yourself the gift of creating. Being a creative type is a blessing. Yeah, I agree. Rad, what, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I'd echo all that for a start, but I, but I, you know, and I'd pick up and emphasize one thing that Homer says, which I, think is important is passion it's life yeah. you know creation is life i think i think it's quite as simple as that you, you feel the need to feel alive mm. and to you know and 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 as homer says it's you know you you see something that you've done that you've created that wasn't there before you know that blank canvas that suddenly becomes something or the page that becomes a poem or a, you know mm. it it's it's like nothing else there's nothing yeah. else like that I, I agree. I, I I talked about in an episode once about uh that I occasionally write haiku, and not just because I'm sitting here in Japan, Ooh. and not because I expect haiku my haiku to be published in a book or anything, 
I just actually, there's something about doing it. Like actually taking the time. I used to look at haiku and I think I was, I used when I was a kid and, and I thought, well, what's the point? It's just a five, seven, five point. That's like super easy. It's super difficult because you've got to condense, you've got to get your thoughts so precise into this five, seven, five format and, you know, convey a beautiful image in, in that, uh, you know, within those parameters. And but when I do it, yeah, there is something like what you've both described. There's something that is like kind of the soul of life when I do it. It's, uh, you know, I, I, it's almost beyond description. I had to write a haiku about it. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, well, I know that you're both all over the place. Uh, where's the best place for people to find your art or to follow you on social media? So I'm on Instagram at Homer Duke, Twitter at Duke Homer. Uh, I have a Facebook fan page, artist Homer Duke. You can go to my website, homerduke.com. All right. And uh, Rad? Well, I've got the website, which is radicalrhymes.com. I think it's in my bio in, in Twitter. Okay. So that's Rhymes Radical, at Rhymes Radical. And I've got an Instagram page, which I is a bit sparse. I just put poetry up there and, and paintings and not much else, really. Um, mm. But could I, could I just uh, make a quick plug? Sure. I've, I want this, because a while ago I did, what I did was sort of encourage people to send me stuff and create a kind of virtual exhibition okay. on my blog because that's the other place also my blog my blog is also in my bio in twitter um okay. and I, what i want to do in march is to do to to revive that and get people to send me stuff doesn't matter what it is could be pictures of baskets could be anything that they've created and just have a platform for something beautiful really i mean I, one person mm-hmm. said to me, oh, I don't care. I don't want to sell stuff. It's not about selling stuff. It's about being seen. It's about getting your stuff out there and, and letting people see stuff. It, we live in difficult times. You know, it, this is a difficult period mm. that we've had. And there's nothing more important than beauty at this point, I don't think. So, I love that. You know, it's, if people could get me stuff and, you know, um, this month, I'm going to bung it up on my blog on, on you know, in March and, and you know, let it's free of access, free to and to just just want to get stuff out there that's awesome okay well i'll definitely put that in the notes um that's great well, thank you yeah absolutely well that's it folks uh as always it's it's a pleasure to talk to both of you i uh you know i feel it a tremendous privilege uh not only to have you both on as a guest and get to get to talk to you because i know that your fans are they gotta be jealous of me that i get to talk to you guys <laughs> and uh and i uh <laughs> Uh, that's because they don't know me, Mark. That's what it is. <laughs> they don't know me, man. But what what's yeah. nice is I I genuinely consider both of you personal friends. You know, I I do talk to you both outside of this context yeah. as yeah. well. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I consider I, you I, to be a friend as well, I'm Mark. Both of you guys. Yeah. So I thank you. Guys. I thank you both for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for those of you listening, uh, if you like this episode, keep Zen Sandwich going. Uh, I'm on a mission to bring stories and creative people like Rad and Homer here to the world. You can support the show by donating just three bucks, which is nothing. You can do that as a one-time deal through Red Circle. The link will be in the notes uh, or become a supporter at patreon.com slash sandwich. Also in the notes. Rad, Homer, thanks, brothers. You guys are awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank, Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Mark.